Our gospel lesson this morning comes from the gospel according to John, the 14th chapter, verses 23 through 29. Jesus answered, Whoever loves me will keep my word. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with them. Whoever doesn't love me doesn't keep my words. The word that you hear isn't mine. It's the word of the Father who sent me. I have spoken these things to you while I am with you. The companion, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I give to you not as the world gives. Don't be troubled or afraid. You have heard me tell you I'm going away and returning to you. If you loved me, you would be happy that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than me. I have told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you will believe. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, God. God. I've told y'all that my favorite comic strip is Peanuts. Well, my second favorite is probably Calvin and Hobbes. And I've got a Calvin and Hobbes story for you this morning. One morning, Calvin and Hobbes come marching into the living room. His mother is seated there in her favorite chair. She's sipping her morning coffee. She looks up at young Calvin. She is amused and amazed at how he is dressed. Calvin's head is encased in a large space helmet. A cape is draped around his neck, across his shoulders, down his back, and is dragging on the floor. One hand is holding a flashlight, and the other hand a baseball bat. What's up today, asks his mom. Nothing so far, says Calvin. So far, she questions. Well, you never know, Calvin says. Something could happen today. Then Calvin marches off. And if anything does, by golly, I'm going to be ready for it. Calvin's mom looks out at the reading audience and she says, I need a suit like that. <laughs> That's the way many of us feel sometimes as we see the news and, and deal with life. Sometimes the, the world is, seems so evil and so dark. And we, we think to ourselves that you know, a suit like that would help. So we could say with Calvin, whatever happens today, I'm going to be ready for it. Bring it on. Well, I don't have a suit like that to give you this morning. However, I do have a word for you this morning that will bring you some of that, hopefully bring you some of that same peace that, that Calvin has, that readiness to deal with whatever the world throws at you. Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. We're back in the upper room this morning with the disciples, the night that Jesus gives up his life for us, the night that he's betrayed. This part of John, it's about three chapters worth of Jesus talking to the disciples. It's kind of his last, his last sermon, his last teaching, his last opportunity to leave the disciples with a word that will sustain them. Last week, we talked about how he talked to the disciples about love and the importance of love. Today's passage, he gives them another word, another gift. He gives them his peace. And he tells them, I, I don't give as the world gives. 
I'm going to leave my peace with you. It will be a peace that can sustain you. It will get you through anything. It would get them through the next few days when they thought all hope was gone. It would get them through those dark days before the resurrection. It would get them through the time between the resurrection and Pentecost when they could see Jesus, they met with Jesus, they talked with Jesus. But they still didn't quite understand what all was happening. It's really not until the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost that the disciples get it. It's really not until the gift of the Holy Spirit that the light bulb comes on. And they finally put it all together. But Jesus is, if you will, putting tools in their toolbox. He knows what they're going to need. He knows that they are going to need a peace that doesn't come from the world. Because the things that come from this world pass away in this world. I was talking to the youth uh, this past Thursday night. We had our, our youth meeting, and we talked about Easter. And we talked about death and dying. And we went out and we did a, a scavenger hunt in the cemetery so that they could see the generations of people who had been here before them. And we talked about the fact that everything that lives dies. Plant, animal, human, if it lives, it's going to die. And those deaths hurt us. Not the person that's dying. The person who's dying is fine. They're good. If they're a believer, we know they're going to be with Jesus. They're better off than we are. But it hurts the ones who are left behind because we miss them. Jesus knew the disciples were going to hurt. He knew this was going to be hard. And so he offers them peace. He offers them a peace that won't go away. He offers them a peace that's not here today, gone tomorrow. He offers them something that will last. Paul puts it this way in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all of your requests to God and your prayers and petitions along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. The peace from God is a peace that is beyond what we can comprehend with our rational minds. It is a wonderful thing to me when I get to spend time with the saints of the church, with the people who get it, with the people who have this peace. There are folks, and there are some in this congregation right now, who just radiate peace and love. It's an amazing thing when you see it. I hope when I grow up I get to be like them. But it's a peace that we can't, you know, it, it is a peace that the world can be falling down around these folks. And they're okay. They're not happy, but they're okay. Because they've placed their trust in God and they've got a peace that whatever comes, it's going to be okay. Not because they're so well-equipped, 
but because they've got a trust in something bigger. They've got a trust in a God who's big enough to handle it all. That's the kind of peace that Paul is talking about. Paul went through shipwrecks and beatings and imprisonments, and you name it, Paul went through it. But he had a peace about him because he knew who he served. He knew who had his situation. He knew that he was serving a mighty God and that ultimately God was going to have his back. Now, in the case of Philippians, when Paul's writing Philippians, Paul is literally sitting in a jail cell, not sure if he's going to live or die. He is awaiting sentencing, if you will. He's not sure how much time he's got left on the face of the earth. And yet he writes this letter filled with peace and love and joy. Because he tells the Philippians that he doesn't even know which one would be better. That if he gets set free, then that means he's got more time to do work for Christ here on the face of the earth, and that's a good thing. If they kill him, he gets to go be with God. He says, I'm not sure which one I ought to hope for. To live is Christ, to die is gain. He can't lose. And the same is true for us. That even in the storms of life, even when things get tough, if we place our trust in God, God gives us a peace. Because we know that God's got this. Not that we're happy about the hard things, not that we don't hurt, not that we don't cry. But we know deep down, it's going to be okay. Because God's got this. I found a story from Billy Strayhorn about a bear cub. There was a nature show on television about a black bear that gave birth to two cubs. One cub died right away. Three weeks later, the mama died, and the remaining cub was left to fend for itself. An orphan cub in that condition is like a walking buffet for predators. And, of course, the camera immediately showed a hungry-looking mountain lion looking at the cub. One day, the orphan cub encountered a giant male black bear. The little cub cowered at the bear's sheer mass. The larger bear peered around and seemed to realize that Mama Bear was nowhere to be found. He gave the little cub a friendly nudge. The camera then showed the little bear happily trailing along after the bigger one. The adoption papers were signed, sealed, and registered at the county seat with that nudge. Papa Bear proceeded to show the cub how to grub for insects and how to catch fish, and how to scratch his back against a tree. One day, the two bears became separated. The cub began to cry and looked frantically for his new father, but couldn't find him anywhere. The cub approached the stream where he'd learned to fish, and something caught his attention. He looked up to see the mountain lion ready to pounce. That same mountain lion had been stalking that bear cub the entire show. There was no way the mountain lion would have gone for that cub with Papa Bear around, but the cub's on his own now. The camera zoomed in on the cub. He automatically mimicked the posture of his adopted father when threatened. He stood up on his hind legs and bared his teeth. Then, in exactly the same way his new father would have done, 
This cub let loose a mighty growl that should have reverberated throughout the forest. But only a tiny little bear cub squeak came out. Well, you know what's coming. But to everyone's astonishment, the mountain lion lowered its head and took off in the opposite direction. The camera panned back to the proud little cub still standing tall on its hind legs. <laughs> then all the viewers saw what the little cub couldn't see. A few yards behind him, at full, ferocious height, his sharp white teeth bared in a snarl, stood Papa Bear. He may not have made a sound, but he was there. And even though the cub couldn't see his father, his father stood guard, protecting his young. That little cub had power greater than anything he realized available to him, because he had a greater power watching over him. It is the same way for us. Sometimes our troubles seem like that mountain lion, and we feel about as capable as that little bear cub. Sometimes it just seems too much. Too many things go wrong. The relationship troubles and the finance troubles and the friend troubles and the world troubles and the economic troubles all hit at the exact same time. And we feel overwhelmed. We feel like that mountain lion is fixing to get us and there's nothing we can do about it. But we forget that there is someone bigger than us. There is someone bigger than all of the trouble in the world watching over us, ready to fight for us, ready to keep us safe. There's a quote from Julian of, Julian of Norwich that I love and that, that I, I've held on to multiple times. And, and, in times where I feel that mountain lion staring, staring me down. All shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. She's not saying that everything's going to go great in life. She's not saying that everything's going to be peaches and cream when we become a Christian and we dedicate our lives to Christ. What she's saying is that God can take all manner of difficult circumstances and bring good out of them. I've seen it happen in my own life. I thought my life was over three years ago when my ex decided that he wanted to move on with his life and let me know that I wasn't going to be a part of that. I thought it was over. I thought I was done. I thought I would be better off dead than divorced. And I spent a lot of time researching on Google ways to kill myself and how to make sure it really worked. And then I heard that still small voice saying, this ain't the road you want to go down. Your story's not done yet. And so I started reaching out. And I called up the counselor. And I called up my spiritual director. And I reached out to some friends and said, guys, I'm not doing well. I am not okay. I need help. And the counselor helped. And the spiritual director helped. And my friends held me, held me fast. And I stand here three years before you. And I, I tell you this story. Not that I'm that great, but that God is. Because I stand here before you three years later.
and look you in the eye and tell you honestly that that divorce was probably the best thing that could ever have happened to me, that I am so much better off now than I was then, not in a material sense, but in peace and joy and love and the things that count. The future's wide open, and I can't wait to see what God has in store next. I got to spend yesterday with uh, the good folks at Thibodeau First Methodist. A wonderful, wonderful bunch of people. There are only a couple I needed help with translation for. <laughs> Most of them I did okay with, but there were a couple of them like, wow, that's a thick accent. <laughs> um, but we're, I think we're going to have, I think it's going to be a, a good fit, and I think we're going to have a good time together on the next chapter of our journey. Uh, your SPRC is going to get to meet with Beth Tuesday night, and y'all will start your journey with her. And I've got as much peace about your journey with her as I have about my journey with Thibodeau. I think God's got this. And I think you're in good hands, not because I'm that great of a preacher, not because Beth is that great of a preacher, but because God's that good. And God wants the best for y'all. And God will take care of both of us in our journeys. And we'll be able to keep in touch with each other and keep up with what's going on. And, you know, it, it's not, I, I, I'm, go, I'm moving, I'm not dying. The, the, the story goes on. But it'll be different. But I don't see the mountain lion ready to pounce. I see God in his glory ready to take us and these two, these two pastors and these two churches on to the next part of their journey. As we go our separate ways, as we prepare for these last few weeks, this is sermon number four, by the way, before the end. I got three, three more Sundays with y'all. As we get ready to go our separate ways, may you experience that peace that passes all understanding that Paul talks about. May you place your trust in God, for God is with you, and all will be well, and all will be well, and all manner of things will be well. Amen. Amen.